Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey everyone, it's Yasser and I'm calling today with a little favour to ask. Over the recent weeks and months, I've had loads of you get in touch with some great questions and today I'm going to be trying something new with the show. I'm trialling a Q&A segment where I'll be joined by co-host and elite coach educator Gerard Jones. Now, these are discussions which are going to be taking place every Sunday evening at 7.30 GMT, live on Twitter space, if you wanted to get involved directly. Otherwise, I'll be releasing them here every Wednesday on the Coaches Network podcast. So for today's format, slightly different, and for around about 30 minutes, each discussion will be dedicated to a question that has been sent in, where myself and Joa will be going into some real depth and sharing our views and opinions on the topic in order to leave you with some key takeaways to consider in your own environments. So the favour I'm asking for today, guys, is if you could let me know your thoughts on the new format and you can do this by getting in touch on Twitter at The Coaches Net. Once again, that is at The Coaches Net. And of course, if you have a question, feel free to send that in too. Hope you enjoy the new format. The Coaches Network, bringing the game together. Hey, guys, you're now listening to The Coaches Network podcast, a podcast aimed at anyone who's passionate about athlete, talent and personal development. My name's Coach Yas and I'm a UEFA A-licensed football coach coach developer and content creator. I'll be sitting down with a range of guests to discuss their journeys, their life lessons and how you can make an impact. Enjoy. Tonight's topic, um, which is looking at really, um, just to give a bit more context, you know, each week we come up, we come for these conversations, they're based on questions that have been put to either myself or Gerard. Um, so if you have got questions of yourselves or any topics that you'd like to be see discussed on, on this weekly space, then feel free to let us know as well. But tonight's conversation is going to be around you know, how to support players during the off-season, especially for a lot of coaches who are working in maybe grassroots football and youth football in particular. Uh, you know, what does that actually look like? What is effective support during the off-season? What could be more impactful, you know, and we'll just see where it goes. Um, you know, hopefully between the two of us, we've got some decent ideas. You know, we'd love to get your your views, your thoughts. So if at any point anyone wants to get involved in the conversation, please feel free to uh, make a request that we can get you involved. So, Gerard, you know, just to kick things off, then, uh, you know, before we, before, before anything else, um, off season, how to support? What does that look like to you? You know, what what should we be thinking as as we as we go into the off season, and you know, what are some of the things that we should be considering once it's begun, if you like? Yeah, it's a great question. I think there's many avenues that this conversation could go down. I mean, effectively, off season, you could be giving them football homework. Uh, fitness homework, certainly trying to consider whether it be certain tasks or activities so that the players can keep engaged and maintain certain fitness levels going into pre-season. So at least during the off-season, they know what they're eating, what they need to be doing, how they can keep their bodies ticking over. I think equally giving them some football, soccer homework. So whether that be linked to their development plan or generic stuff, certain tasks, I mean, we probably all learned a lot during COVID of how creative we really can be. You know, I thought COVID was a great example of people doing Zoom calls, having regular touch points. I mean, that should be stuff that we should have been doing regardless. Um, and maybe some people were. But, you know, having those conversations with players, just touching in, checking in, seeing how they are, not just on a football sense, but, you know, outside of football, 
just checking in and, and seeing the well-being. Um, Zoom meetings, sharing best practice, watching games, giving them games to watch. You know, there was a lot of examples like that where people were sending them homework games that they could do in the back garden or against a brick wall or at a park with their friends and to even things where it's watch this game and analyse the, the player, look for particular key qualities of the player or player actions, and then from that, finding ways um, you know, to give them different types of support. So I think those are all the things I would say. Um, hopefully you can hear me okay. Sorry if the quality's uh, bad. But yeah, I would just be saying any homework tasks, um, meetings, analysis tasks, fitness programs, ball mastery work, anything just to keep them engaged, uh, even if it's through meeting events. You know, I know a lot of the stuff we've been doing is we've been having players during the off-season. I mean, they're in the in-season now, but before, during the off-season when they arrived, they had players coming into the stadium regularly um, and doing presentations of different things, presenting linked to their individual development plan and, you know, watching games and what have you. So I think there's a lot of stuff you can do. And I'd be curious to see, you know, how you've seen it over the years and some of your ideas, Yaz, and, and everyone else in the room, you know, who's listening. No, definitely. Thank you for that, Joe. I think, you know, I think the first key thing to maybe highlight for me is is around age and stage. I think that's obviously massive. I think really important to highlight is what do the players consider the off-season to be? What, is it, what does it mean to them? Um, and I think that's really key as well. I think there's going to be a lot of players out there that are always going to want to do more, always going to want to develop, always going to want to kind of do extras and whether that's being getting a you know a one-to-one -one coach outside of their club environments, if you like, or whatever else that might look like. I think that's probably a, 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 one of the key considerations I'd have is really maybe helping the players and the coaches or rather helping myself by having conversation with players, coaches and even their parents involved around what they consider their off-season to be like. Because, you know, you've got to remember, during the off-season, a lot of these players, they might be going away on a holiday, they might be doing other, other, other bits and pieces around that that might impact on what they can and can't do. Um, but I think you made a great point, you know, during COVID in particular, the lockdown, I think everyone had to become a bit more creative about how they can have contact time with their players and whether, you know, might not necessarily be on the grass, but actually looking at the game from a different perspective might be working around um, more social elements, whether that be through, you know, group simple or group, you know, one-to-ones, yeah, group um, individual training sessions where I've seen coaches literally put on a camera in front of their, in front of their gardens or whatever and have all the players on, on the screen at the same time, you know, following certain techniques or whatever that might look like. So there's, diff there's different ways you can do it, but I think, one of the biggest considerations for me is definitely getting an understanding of what the off-season is. What does that period of time look like? Um, you know, and probably one of the other things to, as well as where, where are they based? You know, what have they got access to in and around them? Is it always best to kind of push them down doing more football in particular? Or is it actually, this might be an opportunity for us to kind of help you build some skill sets in other sports as well, where that can be maybe potentially transferable later down the line. Um, you know, it's a great time of the year right now where you know people are a lot of the people a lot of people especially in the UK right now watching tennis you know can we get the players out maybe experiencing different games and different sports to try and think about how these different sports and maybe challenge them and you know, have those open and reflective conversations um, as a group or it might be on a, a shared space whether that be a WhatsApp group or whatever that might be where we can actually now get the players together and write 
you know how how might some of the actions that we've seen in this sport or that sport or some of the actions that we've experienced in sport or that sport support us and help us develop our skills within the game of football if, if you like so i mean there's, there's just a, a few basic ideas i don't know what your thoughts are on now yeah i agree and when you were talking about the zoom it just made me laugh because i was remembering like just the social element of uh holding a zoom call seeing all the players goofing around but being so happy to see everyone and having the cameras on and just seeing people in their own world you know, whether it's in the garden or whether it's on holiday or wherever it is and players having other ways to connect with people and build those connections. So, no, completely agree. And I think you made a great point because there's a lot of uh, good work that's going on even in the academies that I saw on social media where players are abroad. You know, they're on a family vacation, but they're wanting to find ways to, you know, keep doing stuff. And whether it was out on the beach, playing beach soccer and doing little games that the coach has given them, whether it, you know, the homework tasks that we talked about or other stuff that they've got access to. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, this is good. And it'd be interesting to see what everyone's thoughts are on those and any other ideas, you know, that are within the room. I think another thing to consider as well, one of the things I've, I've been challenging coaches to do a lot more, this, especially in the more recent times, is can you get players to start really delving deeper into their own reflections around their own individual development plans, what that looks like for them over summer, you know, and starting with simple goals. You know, I think sometimes we can give too many targets, too many things. I think one of the ways in which I've started to approach it with coaches in their own development as well as players is, right, what's the one thing that you want to be able to achieve at the end of this journey? A lot of them are going to say professional football. Okay, right. So that's that's a few years down the line. Currently, we might be playing in the under-12s at Grassroots FC or we might be playing in the under-15s at Man United, whoever, whatever club that might be. Right, what's the one thing that you could do this week that's going to get you closer to that goal? And just start breaking it down so it's very, very small and incremental kind of steps they need to take, which I think definitely helps. And sometimes, again, that's not it's got nothing to do with the stuff that's happening on the pitch. It could be some of the stuff around awareness and development of understanding off the pitch stuff as well. So it's just another idea that I've worked with in, in the recent weeks and months that I've definitely feel has had some impact for the coaches and players I've worked with as well. Yeah, agreed. 100%. Um, but guys, you know, be interested to see if anyone's got any other, any other views on, you know, currently how they maybe deliver in the off-season at the moment, whether that be through, you know, different mediums, whether that be through, you know, FaceTime, whether that be through Zoom or however you wish you're doing that. Um, and just see what kind of experiences have come out come out from that and we can see how people unpack some of that. Tony... As always, welcome. Good evening. How are you, man? So, sorry, if you were speaking to me, that cut out a little bit. I hope you can hear me okay. It's all good here, mate. Go on, go for um, it, man. I just want to be a little bit, I suppose, controversial, as usual. Um, and say that the off-season, really, there's a clue in the title. It's called off. I think that we try and do too much football too, all, all year round. And actually, the last set of reports that I wrote for kids, um, I asked them to go away, play basketball, ride bikes, climb trees, go swimming, do anything but play football other than, you know, an informal game with their mates. Um, back when I used to work for the FA, we used to have some real good discussions about this with regards to what are you going to do over the summer? Because 
at the time, uh, our academy stood down basically from the middle of May uh, to the end of July. Other academies kept going. Um, some keep going all year round. Um, and, but when I asked grassroots coaches, why are you still training in the middle of June, uh, for example? It was, oh, we, we, we're scared that the players will go to another club. If we don't put training on for them, they'll go and find somebody else. And that, for me, that shows a, a real insecurity um, in what some coaches were doing. No, I think you're spot on, Tony. I think it is one of the dilemmas that a lot of grassroots coaches do have in particular. But you know what? I'm glad you used that word insecurity um, because I think it's I think it, I think it's very true. I think what happens with a lot of grassroots environments in particular, even to be honest, uh, maybe the academies don't have the same challenges because obviously they've got players signed for a certain certain period of time and there's obviously other complications that can kind of occur within that as well. But within grassroots, listen, players are going to go where they enjoy it. And if you're fearful that they might go elsewhere, then maybe it's a better question to ask yourself, right, what am I doing at this point in time that's even making me feel that they could be they could be leaving this environment? Um, I think a lot of grassroots clubs are very comfortable where they're at. A lot of grassroots clubs have been around for a long time and they've built a reputation on, quote-unquote, developing and producing players to go into certain environments. But actually, some of them have just been able to do that because they've been around the longest, not necessarily because the standard of the coaching is that great or that they're approach to what youth development should be within the environment is even well considered and deliberate and intentional so i think it's definitely a, a, a highlight to you know a point worth highlighting rather um but yeah no i think i think it's a very good one i'm, I mean, I'm not sure if anyone else has got any any other views in the, in the in the room at the moment but just to give a bit of insight obviously when we're talking about what coaching looks like in the off season uh whether that coaching should be taking place or what, what other activities or uh, uh, you know exercises that we can pre prescribe or support the players with if, if that's even something that you're considering doing or whether your approach is actually do you know what I think it's best for them just to, as Tony said do nothing football related because you know I think we do need a break sometimes but obviously we've recognised the challenges that the environment has and the, the I guess the participation needs of the of the people involved as well Mark welcome man good evening how are you Might have to unmute your mic, Mark. Hi, is that better? Yeah, yeah, cool. sorry about that. Yeah, good. How are you guys? Very well, cool. thanks. Um, Tony beat me to it. Uh, to the whole thing about it's called off season for a reason. Um, but it's, I think, what it also is, is a really good opportunity. I mean, we all sort of bemoan the fact that the kids don't do much free play anymore. You know, don't go out and play over the fields themselves and such. Um, I'm always very aware that during the off season, you know, trying to get them to do certain drills or homework, you know, it might take away that opportunity for them just to go and have fun. Yes, if someone asks you for this and help, yeah, brilliant, you know, and trust me, some of my players do, and we set little challenges, and I've been fortunate enough to ask, have been asked to do some one to ones. But uh, this is a really good opportunity for them just to go and have fun. With, just with their mates, people they probably don't play with, they might be different levels, let them go and play. The second point is also, it's a great opportunity for the parents to have a rest, especially in grassroots. If they've got one, two, three kids, you know, trying to get them to support them a little bit, you know, just, it's almost 
let them switch off a little bit as well. So I just really wanted to echo, completely agree with what Tony just said. No, and I think it's a great point. I think often, often we do, we do have to take for granted how how much time and commitment is taken from the parents as well to kind of get the players there, depending on obviously the age that they're at and maybe where where we're situated in relation to the players themselves as well. So I think it's a great point. And um, Gerald, I think you was about to say something before I brought Mark on. No, I was. It's interesting because I was going to piggyback off what Mark said. Really, I mean, I was going to ask Tony. Do you feel that we're doing too much? Because there'll always be those coaches, and I guess even clubs, where it is pretty much year round, and a lot, and you know, I mean, it's getting scary how young we're going. We're going younger and younger with training programs and teams. I know that's another debate, but I'm just curious because there will be those parents and certainly coaches who might be listening, thinking, well, yeah, but you've got to have that competitive advantage because you know while you're relaxing if you like and others are still training they're getting ahead of the game you know I've seen it where some parents are obsessed and they're paying for one-to-ones and they're getting you know they're going overboard and they're not and I know you know a lot of this can lead to to burnout in some cases and you know like Mark was saying you know we want them to have fun we don't want them to fall out of love I'm just curious do we are we doing too much you know do they get a break should they be doing less because there will be a lot of clubs that are still doing extensions and they don't really switch off to that the year round. Yeah, I think you're spot on there that not only have you got to build in downtime for the players, um, Mark touched on it briefly, you've got to build in some downtime for the parents. Um, some of these parents have got other kids who don't play football, who do, you know, other other activities. The, again, it goes back to what I said about that insecurity, the point that you're making there about worrying that their kid's getting left behind. Well, there's a level for everyone. So you, you don't get left behind. I believe in football that probably 99% of the time you end up at the level that you deserve to be at. Now, that's whether, whether that's ability, mindset or anything else is irrelevant. We've t- we talk about early specialisation and how bad it can be. You know, some of the best players have played in different positions or have played other sports. Um, some of the top players in other sports, um, like basketball and baseball, for example, um, have played other sports until quite late into their teenage years. And yet, we seem to have this obsession with under nines finishing a season, going into a tournament season, starting pre-season, and all the time, there's there's no rest. I tell you, I think it's a great point as well. I think just playing devil's advocate as well, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of parents and players out there in situations where they might not necessarily have to get access to other activities as well. So I think in some cases, it's actually better to keep them some form of activity going. If that is football, then so be it. But then also, I think it's an opportunity for clubs to maybe explore how they can maybe bring different elements into their own programmes. You know, do, do they maybe take the kids down, you know, rather than to the, to the, to the training venue that they play, they might play their, and they do their training at? They might just take them down to a local tennis court and get everyone playing tennis. I'm not, I don't know how feasible that will be for everyone, but it might be just an idea to kind of consider different activities that we can kind of get these kids involved in just to show them different things. And especially right now with the upcoming off-season... Well, this current off season, you know, we've got 
loads of stuff going on, especially you know with you know, the women's Euros coming up and things like that. Maybe getting them out, watching some games if possible, um, as a collective. And I think that's something that is gives them a slightly different perspective, but also still keeps them engaged and gives them that social element. So I think there's definitely that part to consider as well. Nick, I can see that obviously you're in a group, you know, you're currently working with um, West West Ham guys. I don't know if you want to share any insights around some of the stuff that you guys are hoping to do during the off season with with your with your girls and and what you got planned for that. Evening, mate. Evening, yeah, evening you, yeah, thanks for inviting me up, mate. Um, yeah, just, just I agree with, with the guys, really. So, f- for us, um, off-season is off-season. So, as much as we'd support and encourage girls if they came to us and asked for stuff, asked for stuff to work on, maybe some pointers from their IDPs that they wanted to look at, happy to support, but we wouldn't make it compulsory for anybody. Um I think it's important, like Mark said, it's important for the players to have a rest, the parents to have a rest, and even the coaches as well. Um, we've got sort of a multitude of coaches that work across our pathway, whether they're... Um, we've not got many full-time, so most, most members of staff are either got another role at the club or they work somewhere else, and the, the, the football element is, a, is an add-on. So as much as it might be... a uh, an added extra bit of income. I do really think that coaches need that time too, to to you know, have a, at least have a time to to miss the game a little bit. Um, if we're asking coaches to be constantly enthusiastic, um, have the highest expectations, um, that sort of the highest level of um, focus that we that we'd expect, we can't. It's not fair of us to ask that. You know, twenty four seven. Fifty-two weeks a year, it's unfeasible. You couldn't do that. So I think it's just as important as well for the coaches to have that, that rest. Um, I know I feel like that sometimes. As much as I love it, and once I'm there, I'm great. But I do look forward to a week off, or I do look forward. So we we break for half terms too. So the players don't train at half term. They get to go and be kids, and they get to go and do the stuff that they go and do. They go to centre parks or they go to um, holiday camps at the school or they do whatever they need to do and you know um, and and it gives them a chance to build um, I think anyway it gives them a chance to build other skills whether that's physically or socially or psychologically just to help them be a rounded person and having experiences away from football is just as important so it's, it's about balance I think I think when it comes to support during the off season it's about knowing your players, knowing your parents, knowing your coaches, knowing your club, um, and just just sort of trying to make it make those right calls. And we don't always get it right. We don't, but it's just I think at least it's important to to just try to find that balance where you can. I think you're spot on. I think there's some great, great, great points, there, especially regarding the coaches and them having downtime. Because like I say, a lot of the coaches that are working in these environments. Um, Let's just, you know, I think it's fair to say there's a lot more part-time coaches than there is full-time coaches, and often those full-time, those part-time coaches aren't necessarily doing anything else involved in football specifically, and it tends to be this is the only participation in football as coaches as well. So I think it's really important to understand that you know, as individuals, we need we need some time, we need to take that time off and take take some time to breathe and reflect and just see where we're at as well. 
Um, but I think, I think, I think ultimately, I think there's you know there's, there's some really key things that have come up here. I think it's the considerations we're making in terms around whether off season should just be simply an off season, as in limited or in some cases no uh, football related activity. Um, but if there is going to be what you know, I think it's just exploring what that activity could look like for the different reasons that might occur, whether that be because kids in particular clubs might not have access to any other activities. So it might be the club feel obliged to kind of put something on for them. Um, you know, some of the challenges that the grassroots coaches face in that, you know, if they don't put anything on, will, they, will the players go elsewhere? And I've, I've had a conversation with many coaches in the recent weeks where that seems to be the case, where even if, even though the numbers are exceptionally low during this time, they're still keeping things going just to make sure that they've got something on offer for the kids they have got participate in their environments. So I think it's a great point there. Um, Jody, Talk to us, man. How's it? It's interesting. Oh, sorry. Yes, I just think it's so interesting, isn't it? Because we're we're fighting. As I'm reflecting on all this chat, I'm thinking to myself, like, we're fighting against a culture. Because, like, I'm even thinking from experiences I've had as an academy coach part time or as a full time head of coaching in England. How many summers we'd take the boys? to do a tournament, you know, down south, whether it was one at Lillishall or I'm trying to think where, I can't remember the name of it. There was this tournament we used to all go to. One of the lads at um, United runs it, Tom, and it's down south and you get teams from all over the place coming to it. Or, you know, even at Bristol, they took the boys to Holland, you know, pre-season, a lot of clubs do that. And like over here now in the States, I'm trying to think now, reflecting on it, you know, we were having a debate the other day in the office about, you know, are the guys, are these boys, young players playing too many games? But it's just constant. You know, they're involved in Adidas tournament, this tournament, that tournament. They're flying around. You got, um, you know, even in England, what people can be familiar with. You know, you got tournaments abroad. You got the Goffier Cups. You've got, you know, youth cups, senior cups, FA youth cups. You've got all these. It never stops, does it? All the summer stuff that you've got, and these are also great, memorable experiences for players aren't there like I know at academy level a lot of academies sometimes don't let players play but I remember um, like at Rochdale they were really good we used to say to the players go and have fun like they would play with some of the grassroots friends uh, of their old teams that they came from and they would play in those summer tournaments and they'd have a great time and then they'd come back for pre-season training and it's weird because that I completely agree and we're having that debate aren't we about you know they don't get a break and we've got a We've got a, you know, it's off season for a reason. It was a great quote from Tony at the beginning, but then you're fighting against a culture where everybody else is non-stop. There's constant tournaments throughout the summer. You know, even over here, the season finished a few weeks ago, but there's so many tournaments that are going on throughout the summer, three v three, right through to eleven v eleven, and then before you know it, we're going into. Um, the regular game season, and you, you know, and over here, some of the youth teams where we run, we're in about four or five different tournaments per season. So you can imagine, like at least tournament, you got at least three or six games, and then if you qualify for the knockouts, it could be even more. And that's not including your your regular league season. So it's just that's all I'm thinking about. I'm playing devil's advocate the other way, not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying. We're fighting against a culture because if everyone else is doing more and more, that's where that probably that paranoia feeds in with coaches or parents or players that they're thinking, shit, we're getting left behind. You know, if everyone else is doing it type of thing. 
I'm not saying it's right or wrong, just throwing it out there. No, definitely. I think that's one of the key things about these conversations. I think that, you know, we're open with our views, with making sure that everyone understands there's a different way to skin the cat, if you like. You know, there's many ways to do it. There's no right or wrong. So I think it's all based on environmental factors, you know, all based on context of the environment you're working with, the players you're working with, the parents are involved. And even the coaches' commitments. I think, you know, some coaches that are just happy to be part-time coaches and that's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that as well. Just, you know, being set, this is the season schedule, you know you're going to get this time off and that's it. And then I think some coaches walk away, leave the environment, not actually having any thought or afterthought around how they're going to kind of maybe impact things further. So I think, again, not it's not right or wrong, but, you know, just looking at different ways in which we can support players and, you know, obviously tonight's conversation is around the off-season and what that could look like. Um, Johnny, good evening, man. How are you? Hi everyone. Yeah, really good. Just trying to calm a screaming three-year-old down. So I'll try and jump in and out as quick as I can before he starts again. I get what everyone's saying and I think we're in a, a messy middle at the moment. Everything's changing, cultures are changing, lifestyles are changing. And I think both sides of it are in the middle. So I think we should be giving them things to do. But I believe it should be things like mindfulness, breathing techniques stretching exercises, you know, yoga or Pilates, things that are going to help almost bring calm, but also give them something to do. I think we're at that that time in life and people are starting to realise that things like mindfulness and breathing, you know, everyone's doing cold showers and that now. Now, I'm not saying chuck the kids in the cold showers, you know, might create a few funny videos, but that's where I'm going. What, what do you guys think on, on that? I think it just comes back to that piece around education, exploring exploring different things and exposing them to different ideas and ways and ways they can kind of engage themselves in not necessarily football development, but just athlete development to an extent, if you like, and, you know, just exposing them. And again, I think really important to highlight age and stage is very key here. We don't want, you know, we don't want seven-year-olds or eight-year-olds or nine-year-olds, you know, jumping in cold showers um, prematurely. You know, but you might you might actually suggest that to some of the older players, maybe like 15, 16, just give them, give, give, give them that different insight. I mean, personally speaking, I have a cold shower every single morning because I think it's, well, it does the job for me and it's actually really good for my body. So, um, it, it might, again, it's just, I think it's just helping players to understand different ways and different things that can help them in terms of the long-term development. So, I, th- I definitely think it's, it's worth considering. I think mindfulness is a great thing. You, know, you get a lot of players, especially at younger ages, maybe not so great or maybe able to manage their emotions or even stay present in the moment sometimes. I think that, you know, these little things can, can definitely support in doing that. I don't know what your thoughts are, Gerard. I think anything we can do to support people, if it helps, then why not? It's just understanding the rationale behind why we do what we do in the age and stage, as you said. But I was thinking about it because that word's come up a lot now in terms of, like, culture expectations you know there's so there's certain sort of social constructs or cultural constraints that are influencing our behavior and the more i think about it the more i'm thinking that you know like even where i am if i i'd probably be out of a job like if i said to people hey we're not gonna my belief is this and i think the players need to have a break and we're gonna do more around this and this i think i'd be out of a job which is strange but that's if I reflect on Morocco and America, that's what would happen because the expectation is that, what do you mean? Like, it'd be alien. Like, they've got to be doing something during the summer. And a lot of it's money-related as well, isn't it? 
um, at different levels. I think to Johnny's point, with the, the any support we can do around well-being or intelligence, whatever it may be, I think we've got a great opportunity to connect our values, haven't we? You know, whatever our values are as an organisation, I think we've got a great opportunity just to connect them and reinforce those key messages. The challenge becomes is how much is too much. But then it's going back to, without contradicting myself, like I'm thinking over here, and even in Morocco, it was 24-7 and it was non-stop and it's the same here. So if we say we're not doing this, but we're going to do this, it's how do you have those arguments to whoever it is that you're trying to convince to say, hey, um, you know, here's the rationale behind why you, we're doing what we're doing if we're doing something differently because you're fighting against that culture. No, I think you're spot on as well. That word coach is really key here as well. I think I was just having a conversation with another coach earlier this afternoon around around similar thing in that, you know, as coaches, we're often put in situations where when new ideas or different ideas that might be quote-unquote alien to what we're currently doing are very much challenged. But actually, how much emphasis and thought are we putting around the justification and the rationale for what we're currently doing and why it actually works? So I think sometimes we've got, as, as individuals, we need to be open to exploring different ideas and understanding that Sometimes the way that we're doing things, it's not that it's not working, but there's probably more impactful ways out there. And if we're constantly looking for those more impactful ways, um, you know, then, then, then we should be on the right track. But I think it's also important to, again, just really highlight the context is key. What, what is the environment we're working on? What are the goals that we're trying to, we're trying to achieve? And what, what is targeted outcome for this environment? Is it, is, it, is it solely a recreational pathway? Is it solely a performance pathway? Is it, is it a mixture of both? Have you got individuals in there that are aspiring beyond that? Um, it might be that for some for some players, it might be that you know it, when we look at them as individuals, they might want a bit of downtime. We can see they work really hard, and we can we can suggest that they have literally some downtime just to relax, reflect. And for other for other players, it might be that they have maybe haven't performed as well as we maybe think they could or should have um, throughout the course of the season. It might be giving them a few different activities to kind of keep keep up their performance levels and even just trying to maximise the intensity of the work that they're getting done across the course of the year and even during the off-season. So I think there's, there's many different aspects to this. Um, but I think, I, think, I think all in all, there's, you know, there's, like I said, there's no one way to skin the cat. There's many ways to do it. There's many ways to, you know, many ways it's been done. There's many ways it will continue to be done. And I think it's really just important that coaches start to consider what are they trying to achieve? Why are they doing it? And if you're wrestling with that thought of insecurity, as Tony mentioned earlier, around the idea that players might not come back to your environment because you get with someone else is offering them something during the time that you're not, then I think maybe it's a better question just to start considering what, you know, what, what, what's positive about your environment in the first place that's going to actually keep them there and not, and not have them stray away because you're not putting on a session during the summer. You know, are you doing, are you, are you being the best you can be as an environment, as an individual coach, as an organisation? What are the things that you're currently offering that players are going to say, yeah, we're definitely going to come back here? Or are you are you just one of those environments that because you've been around for a long time you just relied on having a reputation of being around? So I think there's, there's a few different considerations to make. I'm not sure if anyone else has got anything to add at this point. Yeah, probably the last thing I would add is, and it builds on you know a little bit what was said before is we talk a lot about like being whether it be fit, like functionally fit, you know, physically fit, whatever it may be. And maybe something that, you know, Johnny's referring to and some of the others that have mentioned it is that how can we check in and make sure we're, we're emotionally fit, you know, um, yeah, mentally fit. 
know, what things can we do? What strategies can we put in place just to support people there? So it's not too much and they've got support in other areas. So like how well do we tune into where people are at, you know, in their life? Never mind just the, the normal soccer journey. And then I guess because everyone's going to need different stuff, aren't they? Like we all, we all, if we all go to the restaurant, every one of us listening to the meal, you know, this now, if we went to a restaurant, we're all going to order something different, slightly different. So, you know, the same meal isn't the same for everyone. And some people may need more than others. So where off might be off for others, and that's exactly what they need or their family needs. For others, it might be like off can't mean off entirely. It might mean I need to be off in this area, but on in these. So I think that's where, again, it's that flexibility. I mean, there's always that phrase in the flexibility within a framework. Whatever it is that we're doing with the best intentions, again, does it meet the needs and wants of everyone? Because in the end, people are going to do what they want anyway. You know, they will do what they want anyway. And that'll tell us what their values are. You know, the quality of the questions it represents the quality of your values and your areas of interest. So I think as any sort of uh, maybe even a segue into whatever next topic is, is that what are the type of questions that we're asking and where do we want to be? What do we want? Because that's going to drive behavior. So equally, you know, they'll end up doing whatever they want anyway. So it's tapping into and knowing how can we support them in that, you know, because how many times have we coached players who there's been times where environments have said, hey, we don't want you doing this. We don't want you doing that. But they've still done those things anyway if that makes sense. So then it's, you know, it might be less about don't and more about how, like what can we do to support them if that's what they're doing anyway and that's part of their makeup and their DNA, you know, so that we don't lose the player and they go AWOL, for want of a better phrase. We've got to understand what pe- what makes people tick. It goes back to everything, doesn't it? What motivates them and why they're here? What's their MO? What's their <laughs> MO is a great phrase. You know, what makes them who they are? and then try and find the best ways to support that. No, I think spot on there, Gerard. I think it, it, the real underlying thing that comes out from what you've just said there is how well do you know the individuals that you're working with? And I think that's really key for everyone to kind of keep thinking about, you know, as as we are in these environments, many many players that we're going to be working with, but we still have to remember they're all, they're all their own individuals with their own individual circumstances. And I think that's, that's, what, that's what's most important here. But... Um, you know, I think a bit, a bit shorter than the ones we've done in the past few weeks, but I think it's probably a good time to kind of wrap up, really. I don't know if anyone's got any additional views they want to share, but in the meantime, guys, feel free to just get in touch with myself and Joe. I'd let us know if there's any thoughts around topics, questions, themes that you'd like to hear discussed on these weekly spaces. But most importantly, guys, hit that follow button on myself and, and Gerard. Get 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 the get the message going around. You know, we are having these conversations to help coaches network, grow, learn together, and just be better at what we do. Um, and I think that I think more importantly than anything, that's 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 that should be the number one priority. So guys, um again, a bit shorter than usual, but please feel free to get in touch, let us know your thoughts. Um and if you haven't been able to catch the whole conversation here, they do get released every single week on the Coaches Network platform, uh, where you can find that on all major major platforms wherever you listen to your podcasts. So keep an eye out for that. Um Gerard, I don't know if you want to get them a bit of a bit of insight around where they can get in touch with you and on, on the Ulernby platform as well. Yeah, and I think today, you know what, sometimes it's, it's actually good. There's been a lot of questions and comments and things to go away and have a think about even more. So hopefully it might spur some debate even in all of us in thinking what we're doing with regards to this topic. So that's pretty cool. I would say check out social media, 
everyone who's who's in this sort of community, we've got a fantastic community of practice here where every week we're trying to elevate our own standard. So I think let's keep this going. And, you know, if anyone's interested in finding out more with some of our coach education courses, you can follow U Learnbly, U as in the letter U, L-E-A-R-N-B-L-Y. Uh, the, the vision for U Learnbly was just to create something where you can personalise your, your learning experiences, access courses that make you tick and get the best out of your learning. Um, we're really fortunate. We're obviously working with uh, Sporting KC, with a number of different MLS clubs and uh, people around the world. And it's a great resource to tap, check out. There's a ton of new courses getting added, some today. Um, so, yeah, feel free to check us out at youlearnbly.com. You can download the free app and listen to a lot of the stuff, even with myself and Yaz and everyone else with the podcast, the Coaches Network and what have you. Definitely and a massive shout-out to everyone that's been in the room tonight, especially Tony, Nick, Mark, Johnny, for sharing your thoughts and views. Um, good evening, everyone. Take care of yourselves, and we'll be back next week, Sunday. Keep an eye out. Let us know if you've got a topic that you want to hear discussed again, and then we'll be in touch soon. Well, there you have it, guys. Another episode of the Coaches Network podcast, where our aim is to bring the world of athlete, talent, and personal development together to just one platform. And you can help us with that mission right now by sharing this episode or any of your favorite episodes with everyone that you can think of you can tag us in those mentions as well on instagram at the coaches network or on twitter at the coaches net we look forward to hearing from you let us know what you thought about today's episode and until next time guys take care everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.